0: That makes no sense. The addiction is still alive. That's why nobody, they do this maintenance, they call it, you know, suboxone maintenance. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of people out there right now that are especially on your show that are not going to like what I'm saying because it's not popular. Bring it. And I'm sure some of you guys out there are probably on it.
1: Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast
2: and new, new because I've never had a guest like this on our program. But I'm talking about Michael Lynch. He is, and first of all, welcome to Thank the you. program. Thank you uh, for inviting. I mean, I'm so excited to have you on here because uh, we really haven't had anyone that has been in your profession, come from your background, and help so many people specific to addiction. And uh, man, we're in a crisis right now. Yes, we are. In America. Yes, I know everybody's are. aware of the fentanyl issue, but hey, alcoholism mm-hmm. is still around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but today, folks, I want to encourage you to tune in. You will not be disappointed. You'll be encouraged, especially if you have a loved one mm-hmm. who's been struggling. Mike Gold will give great hope for the many that he's helped, and we welcome him today.
0: Thank you. Thank you for the invite. It's an honor to be on this show. Yeah, man.
2: Well, here's what's great is you came for what we call a Samantha Weekend (laughs) Yeah. here at the headquarters training center in Colorado Mm -hmm. Springs. What was that like for you? Because people people wanting to know. Because not many people get to come out here and do that.
0: It was amazing. I have to say, It. this is going to sound whatever, silly, but (laughs) it actually changed my life. And I came out here because... You know I'm very protective over the men and women that I help um, because I think that most of them have been taken advantage of their whole lives. Yeah. And once God put them under my care, I take that very serious. And so anybody or any organization that wants to work with them or do anything, I'm very cautious on them getting exploited once again. I and love that. So I flew out here because I, um, you know, Samantha. I met I met through a really good friend of mine, um, mm. and then he passed away of a fentanyl overdose and. Mm. Um, and at that memorial, I really connected with Samantha mm. and I could like feel her, that she was genuine. Yeah. And so I decided to, you know, see what this was about. And, um, and I came out here to just to, you know, just oversee and to see, see what was going on. With and,
2: and before you continue folks, Samantha is director of our outreach for mm-hmm. ATP ministry. She's mm-hmm. based in Los An- uh, Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and she's got a huge outreach to mm-hmm. women who've been in the sex industry mm-hmm. or currently are. Uh, traffic or abused, but mm-hmm. that's the connection. Mm-hmm. And so, I, yeah. I
0: like her because she's kind of the equivalent in what she does of what I do. She, she's like on the streets, in the front lines, right. going to get those girls off the streets, and that's how I am with with the addicts. Mm. And um, and anyway, I came out here and and um, honestly, meeting you and and seeing the work that you do, I was. I was dumbfounded. Oh, um, by nature, I guess I'm a cynical person. Yeah, you know, you, and me um, both. you know, I, I call it vigilance, but mm-hmm. it's truly cynicism sometimes. And um, I could see how genuine everyone was here. And I could see what you guys are actually making a mark. Mm-hmm. And um, that was surprising. And uh, yeah, and honestly, you know, I'm a Christian and I, I don't really lead with that a lot, to be honest with you, and, and what I'm trying to do. Because when I come to. The, the first addict, that's the last thing they want to hear about is God. Right. You know, when I first start to help them, you know. And
2: now, now, why? Is that because, <clears throat> and it's interesting, huh. I, I don't necessarily lead with that either. Okay. Uh, for me, this is why, I think a lot of people are so jaded by Christianity. I was. And, okay. Yes. So So there you go, and it's like, uh-huh. you know, uh, people, I tell folks this, people ask me when I'm overseas, how mm-hmm. many of those Muslims are you leading? How, are you yeah. preaching the gospel? And, you yeah. know, and i like, Well, I've been reduced to living it. So same for you, right? People don't care what you say until they watch what you do.
0: Well, I want people to, you know what, the biggest biggest compliment I can ever get is for somebody to know I'm a Christian without me telling them.
2: Mm. That's Mm -hmm. the biggest
0: compliment. And I've had it happen a lot of times that eventually someone will ask me, do you happen to be a Christian? That's a compliment. Wow. You know, and, you know, I'm very, um, yeah, I was (laughs) raised. I was, wasn't raised very well and had a rough life, and I didn't have my... Uh, what my does
2: that mean? What does that mean for people listening? Wasn't raised okay. well.
0: Well, my parents didn't want to be in the parenting business. Okay. Um, you know, they threw me out like trash. They were drug addicts mm. themselves. Mm. And um, so I was raised in the system, in and out of the system. I ran from every foster care, ran the streets, joined gang really young, got into drugs, and uh, had a lot of abuse happen to me. And well, then, what
2: type of gangs were you involved in? Was it like... Should we not? All okay, right, let's not go there. But well, let
0: me, let me, let me, let me, let me, uh,
2: I'm just give a disclaimer. To, okay, here.
0: I'm gonna give a disclaimer. So, I spent most of my life incarcerated okay. and I was very heavily involved in street gangs and prison gangs. And okay. my whole uh, I thought that the best I can do in life is to try to be king mm. of Turt Hill. Oh, wow, yeah, so I wanted to be. The biggest and the best and the baddest and make it all the way up. And and as such, you know, uh, stepping away from that, um, I still give it the respect to where um, I I stepped away from it and chose a different life, and I don't really want to smash
2: it. Uh, Here's what's interesting, and not many people may understand this, because, you know, for 20 years we've worked with incarcerated youth. Yes. And when they say the gang is the only family I have, They mean it. That's right. It's not. It's not this deal where they're just trying to be cool, no. folks. There are families that are. I mean, our family system in the U.S. is so disintegrated, mm-hmm. especially among. Mm-hmm. I would say, the lower economic, that's right, uh, folks. Mm-hmm. That you know, people are just trying to survive, mm-hmm. and once addiction comes into play, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a actual natural, logical step it's dysfunctional mm-hmm. but it's a natural logical step for a kid to try to be part of something
0: it's trauma bonding right it's trauma bonding amongst all of us and it's we we don't know what love is so we equate it to love gosh that's so good and and you know that's that's all i ever knew you know yeah. and and uh Um, I knew that I wished I could have the families I saw on TV or the neighbors or the kids at school. Um, But it just wasn't my uh, roll of the dice. And I blame God for it. Yeah. You know, because I would go to my grandparents took me in when I was first thrown out by my parents and then they end up dying. And they were very, Uh. very. Irish Catholic. I'm 100% right. Irish, second generation born in America. Okay, I'm and, looking at that yeah, leprechaun. Yeah.
2: It's kind of scaring me. You get that. <laughs> my wife's Irish, uh, too, good. so no, I hot, live it with one. She must be a long. hothead. <laughs> oh, uh, seldom wrong, that's I can right, tell that's you right, right. now.
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and you know, my my, uh, I was they used to make me go to catechism and mass and um, and I would hear that this God loves me and all of this stuff but <clears throat> what was happening to me at home didn't really show that and and uh then what when my grandparents died and I was going through these mm. systems and you know I, I went to juvenile hall very young and I pretty much would stay in that life I would get out it became incarceration where that was home right. and when I got out was not my comfort zone
2: well let me ask you on that note mm-hmm. uh, it's hard for people to believe but it's scary yes. when you're going to get yes on the free. That's right. P- I see anxiety of young mm-hmm. men and women. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what's going on? You, you know, you're short. You're going to be getting out. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ah, at yeah. least I have a bed here, mm-hmm. three meals. You, you know, and again, isn't that sad that that's where we are as a society? Well,
0: I'm more comfortable in my pain than I am than the fear of the unknown. Yes. That's what it comes down to.
2: Familiarity. Yeah. yeah. Versus, yeah. I it, struggled with that regarding success.
0: Yes. Yes. Right? Because of your childhood and your trauma. Yeah. They say that we're afraid of, of, of failure, but we're not. That's mm-hmm. our comfort zone. It's success that yeah. when we get to success, and I did that in my life. I got out and I ended up having success with this crazy stuff i did this fight stuff right. and i i got everything i thought i ever wanted i had a multi-million dollar company right. best-selling fight films i had a wife i had a daughter so it was time to destroy that because how dare yeah. i think that i deserve that
2: time to pull the pin <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> folks dude, right. we're
2: just talking real life here that's right i don't know if you remember a case a young man shot and killed his dad in riverside county mm. uh joseph hall his mm-hmm. father was a um white supremacist okay. 60 minutes was doing a Uh, a show on them Mm -hmm. and after they left the house the kid actually killed his dad that night Mm -hmm. but it was a stepmother that said you need to kill him or he's gonna kill us long story short i visited him when he was in okay and i remember just going my gosh lord what am i gonna gonna tell this kid Mm -hmm. and you know the first question i asked him was do you miss your dad and he just started crying he was shaking so bad from the trauma he said yes yeah I said, you know, I know this is all messed up. And it was a horrible, horrible childhood mm-hmm. uh, stuff like you and I know. Mm-hmm. And then that, well, he ended up doing his time all his, all his years. Mm-hmm. And he got out as an adult and he actually came here, came oh, wow. on staff with us. Okay. Yeah. I mean, amazing. I kept my promise to him. That's awesome and that he did that. And, and mm-hmm. as great as he had it. Job uh, that right everything, mm-hmm. he pulls the pin. Yeah, and let me ask you: was addiction involved? No, that's oh, okay. that's what's amazing. Okay, he he never to addiction because he was incarcerated mm-hmm. since he was like ten mm-hmm. to twenty one. So he never. He, he, I mean, well, there's
0: more drugs in there than there are out here. Just yeah, yeah. Chose not to do the addiction round right it, there.
2: It, it's his was just violence. Got it. You know, and and mm-hmm. big kid sweet, mm-hmm. but someone was like, oh no, it's it's. He left. I said, don't worry. He's on his journey. And I actually just got a text from him. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's like, I, I love you. And, yeah. you know, thank you for everything you did. And he actually joined the Forestry Service. Oh, okay. Got accepted into okay. the California Forestry okay. and made it. But, folks, I, I just, I guess the point with that is you got you to gotta look at success differently these days. Mm-hmm. When someone who's an addict and someone who's struggling... Uh, the timetable is God's. Mm-hmm. And you, what would you tell a parent or a spouse or someone? They're the hardest it's to deal like, with. Uh,
0: They're the hardest to deal with. Like I tell, unfortunately, I, I, we do, I do really well with addicts. Like exceptionally well. And I'm not just saying that. It's a fact. Like our relapse rate is so low. Wow. If they'll do our program the way it worked for me. Because all I do... I don't try to tell anyone to do anything I haven't done. That's my thing. Mm. I get a client come in and I say, listen, I'm going to ask you to do some things, but I want you to watch me. If you don't see my feet matching my mouth Mm. and I'm not doing what I'm telling you to do, you don't have to follow any of my rules. I say, is that a deal? I think that's fair. Wow. So then, you know, and they do these things and it's the same exact thing. Because I I have 15 years clean
2: Mm. and it's a
0: miracle. It's a miracle. And I continue to do the things that got me the 15 years. Wow. because I'm not trying to give it back because I'm a beast when I go out there and these these kids these young men and women that are coming in you know like younger and younger and they're dying it's the number one death rate right now from from kid, for kids 14 to 23 number one death rate fentanyl and now it's surpassing the death rate is surpassing all of the world wars uh, uh, casualties combined but we haven't declared a war
2: no. That's an well, odd. Well, advice. why do you think that? Why do you think why do this I administration think? is allowing?
0: <laughs> all administrations. No,
2: and, and I, I agree. I agree. Just this flow. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I have friends. I don't know. Where's
0: it coming from? Uh, we all know where it's coming from, right? Yeah. So fentanyl, the precursor to it, is all produced in China. Yep. And then it's sent over the border to, to the cartels. Yep. And then they make it, and then they put it over in our country. And they happen to be killing all of the potential the kids that would be soldiers yeah, or fighting potential. age, yeah. and you know. But the problem that lies is big pharma created this in 1993. They they created the opiate crisis. Mm. Big pharma lines the pockets of every politician in Congress, yeah. both sides. Yeah. While they have everyone arguing on sides, while they're you getting know the getting money. their pockets, they're getting their money. Yeah. They're not doing anything bad. They create the crisis. And before, no one cared about addicts because, oh, these addicts are the ones, you know, people like me when I was right. young, these, you know, poor, you know, kids that are in the ghettos. Nobody cared until it was your son. rich. There was your son yep. in the middle class and upper middle yep. class and your daughters.
2: That are dying.
0: That are dying. And right now, there is not a family out there that doesn't know somebody that's in a, in their addiction right now. And, 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 that... and so what what's going on, and, and they're not about to stop this. You know, and they're all, let's be real, man. All these politicians are also taking kickbacks from China-owned companies. Mm-hmm. You know, so why would you know, like anywhere else this would be terrorism. Yeah. If somebody came into our country and killed this many people, that would that's called terrorism. And isn't
2: a couple hundred thousand a year that yes, are dying right now. That is
0: correct. And it's going up every <laughs> year.
2: Uh folks, you're hearing the truth right now. You want to know why the border crisis mm-hmm. isn't solved? Mm-hmm. It's this. That's right. It in and, and um there are multiple reasons, but the links to China mm-hmm. and the money being made, this is this is what it is, mm-hmm. period.
0: But where I sit, you know, and, and there's so much involved, too. The doctors, you know, doctors in their whole career, in their whole um, education, they only get three hours of addiction training. Wow. But yet they're the ones with a script
2: writing, writing out.
0: out that's mm. going to kill you they're gonna they're giving and so now what they've done is of course big pharma and the government has decided that the solution for the opiate crisis is another opiate
2: tell us about called suboxone
0: so they they did this with methadone years ago i remember and they come up and they say they say so big pharma creates the issue big pharma comes as the hero for the for the problem do you think it's to their best interest to get people off narcotics Mm-mm. why don't you want repeat customers so Mm-mm. let's give another addictive drug and they and then they found out which is true and i know this for true of true Is anyone out there that has ever been on methadone your kick for suboxone kick as in detoxing is going to last 10 days mm. you know what i mean like a, like a really good one right you're going to go three weeks no sleep on on methadone and, we're, and it's more addictive than the substance you're trying to get off of Whoa. so now now everyone's saying oh the, the methadone isn't working right big pharma let's make another one let's mm-hmm. do another one that's a narcotic the way that the receptors in our brain work is that when they're woken up with a narcotic a narc you, can you cannot use another narcotic that makes no sense the addiction is still alive that's why nobody they do this maintenance they call it you know suboxone maintenance mm-hmm. and I know there's a lot of people out there right now that are especially on your show that are not going to like what I'm saying because it's not popular. Bring it. And I'm sure some of you guys out there are probably on it. And you think it's a softer, easier way to do it. But let me tell you, show me people that are on long-term suboxone that don't keep relapsing. Mm. Show me it. And I'm watching and see the thing is, is I see it because I deal with it every day, every day. I'm not sitting in some, you know, penthouse, you know, looking at statistics. I'm watching the people. I'm with all the addicts, you know. Well,
2: now tell us about that. Let's transition okay. to your actual, you know, your organization. Okay. Because I want people to know. Because right now I can just, I can, I can hear the emails being typed already. <laughs> Where's he at? How can I? We need I, I, help, right? Okay.
0: So, um. Here's my, my, so six years ago, um, entertainment's my background, and you guys should I plug who I am the mm-hmm. to where I am? A lot of you guys out there, I'm sure it, you know who I am. I, I produced a, a thing called Felony Fights, it hit best selling all over the world. It was Underground Fight Club, very, very violent. At the time, it was the most violent thing out there. Um, and I produced that when I got out of prison mm. uh, one of my last times, and that's when I built it up and destroyed it all. Um, mm. Anyway, so. And after that, I, I did a lot of different things. I've done trap flicks with Snoop Dogg. I've done a lot of stuff with Ghostface Killer from Wu-Tang. A lot of entertainment's my background, and that's really my main thing it was until... I'm in recovery and I'm seeing these addicts and I have at my, I have tattoo shops, I have a lot of other businesses and I, every single one of them I always have meetings, AA and NA meetings. Oh, wow. I always have addicts that, that I employ. I only want to employ addicts to be honest, those in recovery in all of my businesses. And so what oh, I do wow. is I do these meetings so I've always been on the front lines watching what's going on even when I'm in entertainment mm. and this the treatment industry is a broken industry. Yeah. Unfortunately, you parents and 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 wives and husbands out there, you're going online, you're like, "Oh my gosh, My son, my daughter, they're going to die. Let me Google. And you got this place in Malibu. And it says, you just come here and we're going to fix your kid. Big marketing. And then what you do is you refi your house because you think I'll do Mm. anything for my son and my daughter. Mm. And they go in there. They Mm. come out 30 days and they get high again. Mm. And then they do this over and over and over again. And you cannot understand why is my son not fixed? Right. Because treatment, the whole treatment industry, if you look at the statistics, it is broken. Yeah. But yet all these companies keep coming on and all they're doing is replicating the same broken system.
2: Because it's for money. Because it's for money. Yeah.
0: And that's why I got into it because I'm tired of people using my people like a commodity. Wow. And I can't stand it. And the body brokering that's going on, it's human trafficking that's going on. And that's why I got into it. There was no law at the time even against it. Mm. And they came up with this law two years ago. They're not enforcing it. They're today, today, literally today. I come here, I'm driving here. There's a, a girl... That came. We were getting from Oklahoma out of this horrible conditions where the, her, her, her guys out there having prostituting and all this. We get her mm-hmm. out of the situation. We get her on a plane. We have her fly to LAX, and I lost her this morning. You know why I lost her too? A body broker had somehow gotten a hold of her, and they're going to pay her to go to treatment to a horrible place and pay her to get high in between each one. And what happens is they die in the meantime.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
0: why I got into it. So I decided mm-hmm. my sponsor says if I'm going to talk – crap about something i better shut the hell up or do something about it right Um, as you guys can tell i'm not Uh, gonna shut up (laughs) so so i got into the industry and i said you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i started one little one as a passion project Mm. and i gave and it's got it was god's it is god's it is not mine god directed me towards this and and Mm. i said okay god let me do this little thing and I, I opened this one little one, and the phone's ringing. And, and I did I did everything that is not popular in this industry. Right. And I thought I was going to have three or four guys. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because I'm doing everything that everyone's against. The opposite. The opposite. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I, now I have 140 beds. Wow. Um, and growing. Wow. And I have not bent on my morals, and I'm the only one doing it the way we're doing it. I'm the only one. And... and I, the best part about it is like Jesse and some of these girls that came up here, and like these people come through my program, mm. and then they stay, and then they join it, and they come mm. back and help, and it's.
2: Hey, folks, what you're listening to is pure passion, God directed. You know, it, you remind me of me in <laughs> many aspects of ministry. Mm-hmm. We've mm-hmm. done it the opposite way. Somebody yeah. told us to, mm-hmm. but all you want is God's favor. I mean, you're a gifted. Uh, as a businessman, you're gifted as a leader, and those skills are required to be effective in this. But you have to have the heart of God. Yeah. And uh, w- w- where th- where the the street cred comes in is you've lived it mm-hmm. versus some guy mm-hmm. you know who's going to leave in his Lamborghini. Yes. And uh, and then do more commercials. Yeah. So how can people? So the name it? of my company yeah. is
0: Stairway Recovery. <laughs> Um, and you guys can, you know, Google it. Um, and we're all over Los Angeles. I have facilities. I'm trying to expand into everywhere to be honest. And my goal, you know, my goal is to follow God and I'm going to be honest. And you know, it's, it's, I had a awakening like a month ago because I'm so passionate about this thing. Mm and, and, I I wake up every day and I say, God, please use me as a vessel that you will. And Mm. that's my prayer. And I just show up Mm. and I stopped doing it. I put everything aside. I stopped entertainment. I stopped everything. And my last time incarcerated, I'm supposed to be on a life sentence. Mm. And I was fighting a life sentence. I should be in there. There's no reason I I should be out here. And I, I didn't know why. And I also don't know why. Why have all my friends pretty much died? of right. overdoses or some kind of violence, but yet I'm still here. And I was a horrible person out there. Mm. And uh, I now know. And it's because God uses knuckleheads, mm. right? Yeah. And so I, I've just continued to do this and I'm so passionate. And it's like about a month ago, I realized I didn't like some of the results and how things were going. And you know what I realized? There I am. I I give it to God, but I take it back. Mm. And I'm like, no, it's mine. Yeah. And you oh, know what? Yeah. I, I had to, I had to, God really reminded me and it was so beautiful and I got to sit back and go and see and I don't know when it was that I took over and put God in the passenger yeah, seat yeah. and you know what I can tell you at this moment sitting here it's God's again yeah. you know and I'm, I'm excited to see whatever he wants to do or not do as a matter yeah. of fact I'm just gonna show up but
2: that's a peaceful feeling yeah. now how, how do you get funding because the majority <laughs> the of people part. coming to you yeah. They don't have the money. No. So here's
0: the, the problem. That yeah. So here's the problem. I started out and I had a lot of money, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. And as I I started one little one, and I thought, you know, I'm just gonna do this little passion project. But I couldn't say no when people mm. are calling and they're dying out there. So I just kept opening them. And you know, our ours is ours. We scholarship so many people. Scholarship means free. All right. Uh, we do take insurance if you have it. But the problem is now is is now that's even going away because. These doctors and insurance companies are now saying that they are not going to pay you if you don't prescribe that narcotic Suboxone
2: Uh-oh. and
0: poison our people.
2: Uh-oh. And you, you won't do that. Will I you.
0: will not. Mm. You'd have to shoot me. in The, head. Mm. the problem, and, and it saddens me because in the last like year, a year and a half, even ones that I thought were my allies yeah. and my friends that were in this this treatment game, and they were ardent, and they know Suboxin's poison. Mm. And all of a sudden, they're saying, well, insurance companies aren't going to pay them. They're like, well, let me rethink this. Yeah, And yeah. I cut them off. I won't deal with anyone that's not on the same page. We
2: call it a blitz of subtraction. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and for a penny and for a pound, like they say, And uh, the goal is to help the person. That's right. It's just like what we do with, you know, the counter-pedophile walk yeah. helping children. Yeah. It's amazing how many organizations... Are not about. They talk about it, but ultimately, the end result to them isn't the person. Their 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 well being, you know, lifelong. They just want to make a splash. And I go, that to me, that's not God honoring. So what what is an average cost for somebody just to come? And I know it could vary.
0: Yeah, it costs me. So out of my pocket, when I scholarship a client, because I do, we do really good trauma work too. Um, Which is key. Yeah. So I think that, so it it costs about $6,800 a month per client is at my cost, but because I have the best of the best and what we do is I I house them. And then what we do is, is I I always say this, if you have a train coming at you, that's going to kill you. The first thing I got to work on is not the caboose. I have to work on the engine, which is the addiction piece. And Mm. I have the best at that. So we work on the addiction piece myself Mm. with them. And then what we do is once they're stabilized, then we look at the causes and they're not everyone with with trauma is an addict, but every addict has trauma. Mm. And if wow. you don't deal with this trauma, you're going to bleed on people that never cut you the rest of your life. Wow! And so we are really good at doing the trauma work and we don't let insurance companies dictate level of care. That's and we've done that the whole time. Lord. and We're the only ones that do that. Trauma work takes about a year.
2: Right.
0: sometimes more insurance companies at the most are going to pay you three months. Wow. So what we do, even the, even the clients that the insurance covers, we hold them until they're done. Hmm. And to me, I, I, I just, I, I could never like tell somebody, Oh, the insurance company says you're done. So go and hmm. die. That's, but that's what everyone does in this industry.
2: Folks, you're hearing the hard truth, but this is the reality. And visiting with Michael Lynch today, What's your website that they can go to?
0: Stairwayrecovery.com. Is there
2: a place for people to make a donation there? Yeah, they can contact. Okay. They can contact, yeah. Yeah, we
0: have a found I have a foundation, a very small one that's attached and I haven't I literally just started it. And Mm -hmm. it's funny, I should have had my companies running. As a foundation from right. the beginning, because it has been a nonprofit. Yeah. It's cost me. Yeah, um, we haven't made a penny in profit since I right. started six years ago. But but every but we expand with it. I've gotten um, now I've gotten some donations and a lot of people helping me. But ma- mostly it's been self funded between my business partner and I. Well, yeah.
2: Thank God for you and what you do. Starting as new foundation, folks. If you're out there, one. you know, and you have someone that needs help, reach out to Michael Mm -hmm. and his organization. Mm -hmm. Two, if you have a little bit of extra uh, that you want to send, even a little bit, it will make a difference. It's like here, ATP Ministries, everybody thinks you have to give a ton of money. Our giving is actually down right now since the first time in 2019, which is interesting. And we don't ask a lot, Mm -hmm. but we always live by faith. Mm-hmm. So we're going to continue that. We're going to make a donation to your foundation for five thousand oh, wow. dollars, and you spread that out however you want to help someone or people in need. And uh, we we know that will come back to us because people watching and listening know we're the real deal. We'll I'll always put the money. Every
0: penny goes in into the attic. I, I don't doubt yeah, that yeah, one that's
2: bit. Awesome. So um, final thing, yeah, because uh, we're we're wrapping it up here, yeah. getting ready to land. I asked my first time guest, two questions. Okay. The first one is this. Um, what's your perception of us as an organization or me and my wife, and Mm -hmm. you've been able to Mm -hmm. be here and Mm -hmm. see, so Mm -hmm. you you have a little bit more insight, but Mm -hmm. how would you, how would you describe this to people listening?
0: Um, I think because of where I've been and the places I've been, I can, I can discern people pretty Mm -hmm. well, especially bullshit. I see it. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, I, I, I know you're the real deal. Um, mm-hmm. I was very surprised. <laughs> I was very surprised to hear <laughs> you guys represent Jesus the way I think, too. Wow. And I don't think that we became Christians to be doormats. And I don't hear a lot of people with that philosophy and listening to you, especially. Um, I, I know that God directed me to you. I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. that. I know
2: that. Well, I'm thankful that he did, and I'm glad for our friendship, yeah. and what's going to mean for the future too. Yeah. Um, last question: mm-hmm. We all die. Yeah. You and I, we could have punched a ticket more than once. Yeah. In our day. Yeah. What happens to Michael when he dies? A lot when when it's time. You're 150. <laughs> you're <laughs> on preservatives. Yeah. No. What happens when you close your eyes? And why do you believe that? Why do you personally believe? What you're about to tell me, I'm without a doubt going to heaven. Mm. I know this. Wow, that's a that's a lot of confidence right there. It, why do you why do you say that with such confidence?
0: Because Jesus said so. Mm. I don't deserve it, but I know it to be.
2: Mm. People listening and watching right now go, oh "My gosh, I wish I had that level of confidence." What would you tell them? How, how do you share that hope and that faith? What would you tell them what, what they need take, to do? Take
0: the risk like I did. Mm. I was so against this, and I took the risk, and I had nothing to lose. Mm. I've tried my life my way, and it didn't work. And I gave my life to Jesus, and honestly, I, I, I seen what he could do, and, and I could always back out is what I thought. <laughs> wow. And as soon as, as soon good. as I did— my life started changing and, and, and weirdly it changed from the inside out. And I have never in my entire life have peace in my heart and in my head. My whole life has been impending doom. And, as soon, and when I gave my life to Jesus, he showed up and he took it away. And I, that was the miracle. Mm. And since then, and, and, since I give my life, into to me, it's a daily thing. So I'll take yeah. my will back, and, yeah. and, and then, you know, things go my way, which aren't good. And then yeah. I give it back to Jesus, and it happens every time. And I can tell you this. Since I gave my life to Jesus, not one time has anything happened as bad as I thought it was going to. Wow. Wow. And boy, did I future trip on everything.
2: And a lot of that, actually, folks, has to do with demonic lies that will whisper mm. or shoot fiery darts in your brain. Mm this if you, what, if, and then, versus, well, I'm just going to trust God at his word. Mm -hmm. Surrender to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you've never regretted it. No. (laughs) Best
0: decision I ever made in my entire life. (laughs) Hey,
2: if that's you watching and listening, you go, I I can honestly say, fellas, I've never made that decision. Why don't you do it right now? We'll pray Mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. Just repeat this prayer say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Please forgive me of everything I've done wrong. Um, Would you be my Lord? And thank you for dying on the cross for me. So I give you me for what you've done in your death and resurrection and your love for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's that simple, and it's not magical words that do it. It's just your heart. Talk to God. Get a Bible. Let us know if you've prayed. If you want some information, you can go to our website, victormarks.com. And look under resources, and we've got some good resources free that you can download or we'll send you. It's important that you grow in your faith. Michael, thanks for being on the program. And one more time, the name of your organization so people can hear it, the last thing.
0: Stairway Recovery. So that's at stairwayrecovery.com, and we're out of Los Angeles, California for
2: now. You got it. Folks, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, make sure you live and full throttle for the Lord. You, you won't be disappointed. God bless you.
1: Until next time. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.